Romans chapter number seven. We're gonna ha- we're gonna read uh, quite a few verses this morning. Uh, Romans chapter number seven. We're gonna look at verses fourteen through uh, verse number twenty-five. Romans chapter number seven and verse number fourteen. The Bible says this: For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is more, no more, I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. This morning, I want to preach on this subject, the struggle with sin. The struggle with sin. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that we can come and worship the one and only holy God. God, we're thankful, as Pastor Josh mentioned this morning, we're thankful that you hated sin, Lord, so much so that you sent Jesus to come and die for our sin. God, we're thankful that Jesus took the punishment of sin for us. Father, if there's anyone here today that has never placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and in his wonderful gospel, that, Father, today would be the day of their salvation. God, as we look at this passage of Scripture, when we're dealing with sin, we see the struggle of sin that we still have today. But, Lord, we know that we have also the Spirit. So, Father, help us as believers to yield to the Holy Spirit so that we might be able to overcome sin the sin of the flesh. God, we need you this morning. We need to hear from you. I need you as I preach. I pray that you would give me the words to say uh, that your people would glean from your word this morning. And it's in your precious and holy name that I pray these things. Amen. Now, if we were to consider for a moment uh, the giants of the faith, I I think it's safe to say that Paul would be at the top of our list. Amen. Uh, The giants of, of the faith. He was used by God and he experienced uh, great success in ministry, even though he faced great opposition. Uh, He was persecuted, uh, he was beaten, he was shipwrecked, uh, yet he still stayed faithful to God. And we admire his commitment to the Lord and his great boldness in the faith. And Paul stands as a great example for all believers. Our text today is, is a bit different than most of Paul's writings that we see. And here he opens his heart and he he shares the difficulties that he faced as a Christian, as a believer. Now, this thought here has been debated uh, whether or not 
uh, Paul is speaking of from verses 14 through 25, whether he's speaking of pre-conversion or post-conversion. Um, and I believe as I studied through this, that he is speaking of post-conversion. And, and I have several reasons for that, but I want to just give you two so uh, we understand why we've come to that conclusion. The first is the, the change that we see in the verb tenses that Paul uses. Uh, from verses seven through verse number 13, Paul uses the verb, the verbs that he uses are in the past tense. Uh, we see in verse number, uh, look at chapter seven, verse number uh, seven. He says, for I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. In verse number 11, he said, uh, for sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. Those are all past tense verbs. If you look at verses 14 through verse number 25, the, the words that we just read just moments ago, we find that all of those verbs are in the present tense. And so what that shows me is that Paul is speaking of his now, okay? Um, after he trusted Jesus Christ as a personal savior. But also in verse number 22, let's look at that again. The Bible says, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Now, Paul says here, he delights in the law of God unbelievers cannot delight in God's law. And, and chapter number eight and verse number seven, the Bible says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject, that means submissive to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Okay, so that's, those are the reasons why, and there's several others, but I just wanted to mention those two, that I believe Paul is speaking of his post-conversion here in these, these verses. And so what Paul is doing is he's admitting, like all other believers, that he continued to struggle with the flesh. Now, there can be no doubt that God's hand was upon Paul. Amen? Would you agree with me? His hand was upon him. God used him in a great way. And yet, the flesh presented daily temptations which Paul struggled to overcome. We all struggle with the flesh continually. Often we allow the temptations that we face to overcome us and it results in defeat. But Christ doesn't want us to live in defeat. Amen? He doesn't want us to live defeated lives, but these struggles that we see are part of living in this flesh. And I want to consider the, the confessions that Paul makes here as we think on the, the struggle with sin. Number one, I want us to see the conflict. Number one, the conflict that we see here in this passage of scripture. Verses 14 through verse number 20, Paul admits the conflict that he has continued to be faced with. Look at verse number 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. So Paul, what he does here in verse number 14 is he starts off to discuss the source of this great conflict. Now, we understand that the law of God, he says, is spiritual, right? That's, that's his infallible word. It is spiritual in nature. And if we live in accordance and obedience to the word, then we grow spiritually. Amen? We grow spiritually. We conform to the image of God because it's a spiritual law. Uh, it, it is the word of God. However, there's a problem. And that problem is, is that we live in the flesh that is prone to sin. And Paul admits here that there is a continual struggle between the spiritual man and the carnal flesh. The body in which that we live continues to have the same desires and the same tendencies. 
And let me just say this, church, as long as we live, we will face this conflict. We will face the flesh. But he goes on to to talk about this opposition in verse number 15. For that which I do, I, uh, for that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. So we find here that Paul is being very honest as he writes this letter. He admits that there are times when he doesn't even know why he behaves as he does. That word allow in verse number 15, it means no. It has the idea of to know or to understand. And so he states here that I don't know why I do what I do at times. He longs to serve God. He longs to please God with the inner man. But before he knows it, he has sinned and come short of what God's desire is for his life. Paul is speaking of that continual struggle that we all face in this room today. He admits that there is a part of him that wants to please the Lord, but it is always opposed by the flesh that longs to satisfy its own desires and its own lusts. You see, our carnal flesh continues to behave contrary to the spirit. We too want to please the Lord. Do you want to please God with your life? The inner man leads us to to please him, but often we fail by giving into the lust and the desires of our flesh. And that's what Paul is talking about here. He goes on in verse number 18. He talks about these opportunities that we have. He says, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, like he wants to do good. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. So here, what Paul is doing is he's speaking of the opportunities that he has on a daily basis and the choices that he makes. He knew that there was no goodness, there was nothing good in his flesh. And he genuinely desired to serve the Lord. He says, I will to do what's right. Right? He had that desire to do what's right, but he found himself giving into temptation and sin. There was the flesh and the spirit with totally different desires presenting opportunities for him. And let me say this, I'm certain that we can all identify with Paul this morning. Those of us who are saved, who have the spiritual, who have, who have uh, uh, the Holy Spirit living in us, have a genuine desire to please God. That desire should be in you, to please God with your life. And we feel bad when conviction, uh, through conviction, when we fail. And yet we continue to do the things that we know are contrary to the Spirit. That's the struggle. But just like Paul, we have a choice. Both of these things present opportunities to us. The flesh will present opportunities daily for you to sin. The flesh will make make sure that you have opportunity to sin. But the Spirit also leads us and he he guides us. And and, and if we're yielded to the Holy Spirit, he was always willing to guide us and he is there to help us to overcome the flesh. But we have to make that choice because both opportunities are set before the believer. Will we follow after the flesh or will we follow after the spirit? But then when he goes on and 
we'll look at verse number 17 and verse number 20. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Verse number 20. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Now, understand here, Paul is not making excuses for his failure. He's not making excuses for his sin, but he knows that they are the result of his sinful flesh and his desire and the desire to please the lust of the flesh. He's well aware of the constant struggle. And what does he do? He readily admits that struggle. He's honest. And understand today that we too struggle. We struggle with the flesh and we struggle with with, uh, deciding, are we going to follow after the spirit or after the flesh? But often we don't want to admit our need. That's the problem. You see, we all deal with temptation and we all fall short of the glory of God, but that is no excuse for sin. Amen? Understand, we must never assume that sin is acceptable. Even though it might seem like it is in our world today, sin is never acceptable. Even though we are continually tempted to engage in it, it is not acceptable. And we must do as Paul and admit our need while seeking a closer walk with the Lord to overcome it. Let me say this, church. Do not let pride in your life allow you to dwell in sin, to remain in sin, to live in sin. Because that's exactly what it is. It's pride. We're not willing to admit the struggle. We're not willing to admit that our flesh is weak. And we have to admit that we struggle and we have to admit our need for the spirit if we are going to see victory over sin in our life. Because understand, we are all faced with this conflict that Paul talks about, the flesh and the spirit. But also number two, we see Paul discusses a a compulsion, a compulsion. And verses 21 through 23, Paul really addresses his constant compulsion to engage in sin through the flesh. Look at verse number 21. He says, if I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. So what does Paul do here in verse number 21? He admits a very difficult truth. And that truth is that every time he desires to do good and follow God, evil is present to distract him. You see, the experience of his life led Paul to the conclusion that whenever he desired to do that which was good, sin always reared its ugly head. His desire to do what was right was always confronted by sin's insistence that he should do the opposite. And this opposition was so regular in Paul's life that he could designate it as a law. He says it's a law, or meaning that it was a, a principle. It was a controlling principle in life that sin always rears its head. But also we see the endearment. Look at verse number 22. He says, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Now, Paul is not trying to be arrogant here. He's not trying to seem self-righteous, that he delights to do the things of God. But Paul genuinely, he desired to please God. He desired to serve him with his life. And although he battled the flesh each and every day, the desire of the inward man, of the Holy Spirit, 
convicting him, the spiritual man. It longed to please God. And Paul is, is expressing his displeasure and his grief over the defeat that he suffers in his life, giving in to the flesh. And let me say this this, this morning, the same will be true of every born-again believer here today. Although we struggle with the flesh, the inward man is compelled to serve the Lord and to honor him. We delight in the things of God, even though we fail him. There is an inward longing for fellowship with, with the Lord. There should be in your life. You see, our hearts are broken when we engage in sin and when we disappoint our Savior. Listen, if sin does not have that effect in your life, then you got to get some things right. If sin does not make, cause you to feel a, a, a guilt or a disappointment of, of disappointing your Savior. Listen, an unbeliever cares nothing for the word of God, cares nothing for the ways of God. And understand here, Paul's not advocating sin, but those who struggle with it have the spirit working within them. You see, although sin remains in us, church, with a lot of strength, it no longer controls us. Amen? Sin does not have to control you. It can still lead us to disobey God, but now being saved, sinful behavior goes against our deepest desires to serve God. But then he goes on in verse number 23. He says this, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. See, although he longed to feed the spiritual self, even though he wanted and desired to serve the Lord, the attacks of sin were unrelenting in his life. Understand, when he gained victory on one front, sin would attack from another angle, is what he's saying. There was no rest from the battle against sin in Paul's life. He was facing an enemy who continually sought to bind him in captivity. And let me say, that's the truth today in your own life. And so what do these words in verse number 23 do? They warn us that no one, no one ever gets so advanced in the Christian life that they no longer see their sin or the threat of it. Understand that this is the apostle Paul talking here. And if we ever perceive ourselves to be over sin, if we ever feel ourselves to be pretty good Christians, then we have deceived ourselves. But it also warns us that no one gets so advanced in the Christian life that they don't struggle with sin. It's very important, church, that we expect a fight from our flesh. Expect it. Because your flesh will fight. We can never become complacent and let our guard down, church. We may gain victory over a particular sin in our life, but also, but, but there will always be another one that we must face. And the enemy of the flesh will not rest as long as we live. And so don't ever think that you are above sin. I've heard a lot recently of, of, of stories of, of, of pastors, of missionaries that have fallen into sin and you, you can stop and you can think, wow, that's just so disgusting. That's just so wrong. But understand you are not above it either. You're not above that sin. 
And we have to understand that. And we must, we must take heed lest we fall. That's what Paul's saying. There's that compulsion. But then he closes this, this uh, chapter here with a conviction. With a conviction. Look at verse number 24. He says, oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? You see, Paul's sin and his failure brought a sense of frustration. It brought a sense of agony. He says, oh, wretched man that I am. It bothered Paul. Although sin pleased the flesh, he was in anguish over it. He longed to finally be set free from the body of flesh that longs for sin and death. You see, Paul's personal admission here, it reveals the heart of a mature believer. He readily admitted his sin and his desire to overcome. You see, the longer that Paul served God with his life, the more he realized his failures and his need for continued growth in his life. You see, our maturity, let me say this, church, listen, our maturity, our spiritual maturity depends on how we deal with with sin in our life. You see, those who acknowledge their sin and they deal with it are able to grow in the Lord. They're able to see God use them. But those who ignore their sin it will and, and they continue to engage in their sin, they will live in defeat. And we ought to be more aware of our sinfulness today than we were the very moment that we were saved. The longer that we serve God, the more we should realize the evil of the flesh that continues to work in our life. Understand we have, we are faced with a battle, church, a spiritual battle between the flesh and the spirit. We have to take it seriously in our life. Because if we don't, we will live in defeat. And that's no life for a believer. But then we see Paul's focus. He says in verse number 25, he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now we see this statement here and it might, might seem a bit out of place because of how he, he structures everything, but it's right where it needs to be. Because listen, it reveals a profound truth. Paul had discussed at length. He spent many times many verses speaking about his need and his failures. But understand, he never, he always kept his focus on the gospel of Jesus Christ. He always kept his focus on Jesus Christ. Even though he struggled with sin, his focus was on, this, on his Savior. Even though he failed, and even though he came short, came up short, he served one who would never fail. And he understood that. And while Paul was weak, in the flesh, he enjoyed an anchor of his soul in Jesus Christ. He was settled on the rock of his salvation. He sought to focus on Christ and to draw strength from him while he was being assaulted in the flesh. And understand this, this morning, church, that too must be our focus. Jesus must be our focus. The gospel of Jesus Christ must be our focus because the truth is, is that we will never overcome sin in our flesh. And the battle is too intense and the enemy of the flesh is too strong. However, we serve a living savior, amen? He overcame sin. He overcame death. 
and he rose triumphant. And we do not have to live in defeat this morning. We must look to Jesus for strength to overcome our sin in our life. That's why Paul says, I thank God through Jesus Christ. I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Then Paul kind of summarizes it here, his, his thought in verse number 25. He says, so then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. You see, in his heart and in his mind, he longed to serve God, but the flesh longed to sin. Some might see what Paul is saying here as a resignation to defeat, but it's really an act of fortitude in in Paul's life. Paul simply admits his struggles. And yet in doing so, he doesn't resign to defeat. He knows that the battle will rage again, but he is determined to press on for Jesus Christ. He refused to allow his struggle with the flesh to remove him from serving God. And let me say this, church, our struggles will continue as well in this life. Our struggle with the flesh will continue as long as we are here on this earth and you will not escape the temptation of the flesh while in this life. The opportunity to sin will be there each and every day for you. And at times we will give in to temptation. At times we will engage in sin, but we must not allow sin to remain and defeat us. We too must determine to press on for the glory of God and the work that he has given us. I'm certain that all of us can identify with Paul this morning in these verses that we just read. Amen? There's none of us above sin. We all struggle with the flesh. All of us can identify with Paul this morning. We all have those struggles, but are we willing to admit our sinful tendencies and address them? Are we willing to repent of that sin in our life and to move forward for Jesus Christ? Are we willing to admit that we struggle with our sin and with our flesh? Are we willing to seek the Lord to strengthen us or do we continue in sin as if nothing is wrong? Listen, there is help for us in Jesus Christ. There is help for us in the spirit. And he alone can provide the strength and the wisdom that we need to overcome the flesh, but we must seek him. And so the question, my question is for all of us in here this morning is, hey, I know you're struggling with sin. I know you struggle with the flesh, but are you willing to address it? Are you willing to take care of it? And there's maybe some in here that I'm speaking to today, this morning, that is not dealing with their sin properly. Today's the day to get it right. Today's the day to repent of that sin. Because if we don't, it will defeat us. And Jesus wants us to live a victorious Christian life through the power of the Holy Spirit. 